everyone. I'm Victoria Shepherd, and this is the Happy Henry's Woof You podcast, where we get to find out a little bit about the people who live around us, who work with, play with, or know something about dogs. From the benign to the bizarre, I want to talk to anyone about anything dog-related and share stories or useful information that will not just inform, but also entertain and possibly inspire you. Happy Henry's is a safe space for all dogs and their owners and takes a more holistic approach to dog grooming, combining consent-based grooming, games-based training and owner education all in one place. So if you have a dog that struggles with being groomed and handled or just life in general, we'd love to help you. Okay, the subject of discussion today is appropriate for this time of year. With autumn already in full swing and dark nights approaching at great speed, I'm sitting down to chat with my friend and fellow concept trainer, Julia Hawkins, of All to Play for Dog Training. Previously, Julia worked in the health service industry and has also been a teacher and educator. She is now a full-time games-based dog trainer based in Stoke and serves clients not just in the surrounding area, but also online. Julia and I have been working a lot together lately, coming up with ideas and things. And over the next few weeks, months, we are going to be putting together some fun and fantastic workshops. You will have to follow us to find out. Also, Julia is going to be doing little something. It's an international something for reactive dogs, but I'm going to let her tell you about that or give some more information. Anyway, hello, Julia. I'll shut up now. Hello. Hi, Vic. How are you? I am fabulous. Thank you very much. The weather has been good today, so I'm feeling a little better. Um, So today, that F word, fabulous, but not Many things or people find them fabulous. Fireworks. I know. It's like Hattie's nemesis. Hattie being, just so we get this straight, who is Hattie? Is it your child? Hattie is my little, one of my little rescue dogs. So she's my little one. And she used to be absolutely terrified of bangs and cracks and all that kind of stuff, which is not great as we live near to a munitions factory as well. Ah, yeah. I just thought of that. <laughs> while, while there's some gunshots going off in the background, um, I'm in a rural area, not the middle of Urbania, just in case anyone's wondering if I'm casually <laughs> listening to gunshots going off. I'll put it past you. Hey! I wouldn't put it past you. You could do anything. I could do anything, but instead I'm choosing, I'm choosing on a Sunday evening to sit down with you and talk about the dreaded fireworks season. And it is a season now, isn't it? It's not just November the 5th. We have lots. It, It can go on for weeks. I know. And then you've got New Year and then it just carries on. So, yeah, and you really need to be thinking about it now. Now, why do we need to think about it now? 
Well, there are some things that you can do on the day, obviously, to help your dog. But what we can do now is start teaching them and helping their brains to realise that the bangs and things that you hear and the flashes that you've got with fireworks and all the other stuff that goes with it isn't quite as as scary and as threatening as they might think it is initially. So we can start now just helping them out. So I a form of desensitization that yeah. I use yeah. at the groomers. So um what would be some of your fun and easy little lessons that people could take away and start doing immediately, like today, right now? Right, today, right now. Well, the first thing that I'd be thinking about is when there are fireworks going off, what is it that you are going to be doing to help your dog? So the things that we can do at the time are things like put the telly on, put something on your radio or your computer. And this is the night of the fireworks, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So these are the things we might do, but I'm going to sort of segue into how we prepare for that okay because we don't want that to be a surprise we might shut the shut the curtains um we might go to a particular room in the house where we think it's going to be a little bit quieter so what i would be doing now is doing those things so i might shut the curtains in my living room i might be going into the living room rather than the kitchen because i think that's going to might be a little bit quieter And I might put something onto my um, radio or onto my computer through my lovely speakers that I would choose on a fireworky night that will help to disguise the sound of the fireworks. Such as? Well, the sort of things that I use, what is one thing that works really well, actually, is Japanese taiko drums. So you can pop onto YouTube and you just... Let's do a little search for Japanese taiko drums. There's a couple of things. There's like 10-hour repeats and stuff, and you put them on, and they're quite cool as well. But because of the kind of the rhythm and the bangs and things that go on with that, it kind of it's really good at disguising the fireworks sound. So that's one thing you can do. And then another thing you could do is find a recording of fireworks sounds themselves. And maybe start with that on really, really low. Like, so you can and burn... and it, not even that we could even possibly hear it, right? Yeah, absolutely. Our dog's hearing is way better than ours. So you want it on like volume a half, if you can get volume a half. Um, and you want your dog to not acknowledge that anything's happening at all. Um, so you want them totally relaxed. So this is going to mean you're going to have to be really clear about the body language that your dog's giving you. And different dogs can give little different signals when they're starting to feel stressed. And this is something that you know better than anybody, Vic, because of what you do. And when you put your hands on a dog, one dog might, you know, freeze and slobber all over me. Another dog will slobber on you. Another dog will pant. Another dog might um, lick the lips or lick the nose or the ears might go back. There are that many different signals. And we've got to be really clear what those signals are. Because throughout this whole desensitization process, again, similarly to what you do with your handling, um, we want to keep our dogs below that threshold so that they're comfortable with the process throughout. 
Um, because the minute it starts becoming a bit of a scary thing, um, then we're actually kind of compounding the problem rather than starting to make it better. So the best response is them actually doing nothing and not even noticing that you have turned a sound on at a low volume. Absolutely, absolutely. And then now this is, we're still with this. If you start this now, you can potentially help your dogs by fireworks season. Um, But it it is something that requires doing it every day. This reminds me of when I moved back to the UK with Henry. Um, I started six months ahead, but I found on YouTube, I looked for cargo plane soundtrack, sound effects. And I had that starting at a very quiet volume and it would be on all day while I was out at work. And then, um, and obviously I made sure that he wasn't reacting when I turned it on and I was in the space um, Mm. and then leave me alone with it because otherwise I'd come back and find a demented dog dribbling in the corner. Um, But but over time, over the six months, we were literally able to get that up to so loud. I had a very understanding landlord at the time (laughs) that it would be shaking the apartment. So I think that if we the sooner you start it the better because then you can do smaller increments right absolutely just little bit by little bit keeping your dog below that threshold where they really give a monkeys about what they're listening to because it, it's irrelevant to them and that's what you want it to be you want it to be totally irrelevant to them so it's it's nothing that they need to worry about it's none of the business all that kind of good stuff Okay, so that's one thing we can do right now. What if they are just in uh, worried about noises in general? Is there anything that any noise can we sort of help them associate a positive thing with a noise that's potentially could they could find scary? That's a really great, great question. So what you'd want to be looking at in terms of concepts is we're looking at optimism. So we're looking at building optimism by playing some lovely, lovely optimism games. So for building up noises, oh gosh, there are lots of different things. Tell you what, should we, shall I suggest one and then you can suggest one and see if we can do a little bit of tennis that way. Sure, let's, let's go and see how many we get. Let's do a couple each and see where we get to. Otherwise we'll be here for hours. I know, um, we could just carry on. Okay. Can I start? That so I could be really- another podcast episode as well where we do it. But you go first. I'll I'll come up with the obvious one. So you could do a noise box. <laughs> but to so, some people, that might not be obvious. I know. I know. But I know for you and I, that's one of our go-to games for optimism. Yes. So what, what you, it's super simple. You can just use your recycling and all that kind of stuff. As long as it's safe, it's not got sharp bits on it. It's not got anything you know, any food residue or whatever, chuck loads of bits and bobs into either a box. I use an old suitcase. Um, It used to be my husband's suitcase, not mine, obviously. Um, So I put all sorts of bits and bobs in there. So things like um, crumpled up bits of paper, greaseproof paper, I think is brilliant because it makes a really cool rat um, rustle or the old fashioned um, grocery bags. I really like those. Um, So put them in 
drop in some treats for your dog to have a little snuffle around. Now, talking about Hattie, actually, when I first did this with her, she wouldn't go anywhere near it. So we had to start. She was that pessimistic. We started just with the suitcase, with the box itself, and we got her used to um, being able to take treats out of the box. Then we put one thing in it, and we built it up really gradually. So if you've got a dog that's a real, real worrier, like Hattie was when I first had her, then just strip it right back make it as basic as you possibly can so what would you suggest well adding on to that i should just add because it is one of the ones i recommend a lot is that i have um the small plastic balls light balls that you can find in ball pits for children and i got mine i get mine from um a very well-known supermarket um and at the end of and, and if there's any left at this time of year they're always on sale but i find them so i put a couple of balls into it into the i use a tub or a cardboard box and and then gradually put in more and more balls um yeah. and then you can fill it up the other thing but you had mentioned about it being safe i have done this but only when supervised mm. is work my way up eventually to aluminium cans because um, I like the fact that they're by doing it the way that we're talking about now where you put in a little bit and then you put the dog you send the dogs to go and find the food they are controlling the noise mm. so that if you've built it up gradually and you've now got a whole tub of aluminium cans and your dog throws their head in there, they are creating that noise. So they are not as fearful of it. So Absolutely. I think that's the difference is that it gives the dogs control over Absolutely. it. But so love noise box. OK, another one, mine of my favourites is uh, Cardboard Chaos. Again, recycling. Who doesn't have recycling nowadays? Um, and we, and I, what I love about Cardboard Chaos is that it changes every time I put it out. So get your cardboard recycling and start off with one box. Make it easy for the dog. We want them to succeed at it. And maybe put a piece of kibble inside a cardboard box or if your dog is like Hattie, put some food around the box. If they come out, if they're prone to come out of the house one day and there's a cardboard box there that shouldn't be there, some dogs can get a little upset about that. So start off with putting the food around the cardboard box and maybe point it out to them to make it easy for them and make it a team sport. So you're looking for it together. And then gradually start putting food inside the cardboard box or getting another cardboard box or be like me. And once a week, you literally have uh, tons of boxes and you throw them into the garden and then you throw in a load of kibble and then release the hounds. Go find it. And and that again, they're then putting their heads inside things. Um, that could potentially be scary so it helps them build up their confidence that way yeah and it's such a powerful one actually isn't it I had um, a dog that I was working with 
and the first time that I saw him, he spent the whole time under the sofa. Now, had I known this was going to happen, I'd have probably done the um, the consult remotely because it was fairly pointless me being there. By the time one of the first games we did was Cardboard Chaos, and then by the third consult, he was sitting on my knee. So, you know, it's so, it just is, I just find it amazing. How it is, and I think if we let the dogs go at their pace... Um, yeah. And if they don't, if they don't go into the noise box or they put their head near the cardboard recycling, that's okay. You know, it's they'll get there eventually. So I think actually, no pressure. yeah, if they come away from it, let's reward them for doing that because what yes. they're doing is regulating themselves. So which is cool. Yes, and that's what we want them to do. Right, another one. Shall I do another one? Yes, do another one. Okay, so this is another one that I quite like, which is knock them over. Ooh. So this is one, and you can use, you're going to use bottles. Um, be really Glass careful, bottles? obviously. Re you can use plastic bottles. I, I, I'm always a little hesitant to use glass bottles just in case something goes horribly wrong. <laughs> so I, I don't tend to do that. No, I would So I would use plastic bottles. I tell you the sort that I really like to use are like drinks bottles that you kind of, you know, take to work or kids take to school with you. So if you've got the, the hard plastic ones, they're quite good. Or the metal ones are absolutely brilliant. And then you can, the, the surface that you play on, the floor you play on, really depends on where your dog's up to. So, you know, if you've got like laminate flooring, it's going to make less noise than if you've got a tile floor, for instance. So you're going to set up some of the bottles. Imagine it's a bit like bowling pins. So you set them up, standing them upright. I'm showing you with my hands, which is pretty pointless in a podcast, but here we are. So you put them upright and you can put them, you know, with a, an inch or two in between them and then scatter some food around and in between and just let your dog, dog explore because as they're sniffling around for the food, some of the bottles are going to fall over. And that not only is going to make a noise, it's going to be movement as well. And it's quite a surprise noise. So it's a great one for, for optimism. It's one that I really, really like. But I would be really careful to be watching my dog um, just to make sure it's not too scary for them. Um, if it's too big a noise and they're jumping back a lot, then I'd probably, you know, do it on a different surface, maybe spread the bottles out a little bit, make it a little bit easier for them and then build up gradually. What about uh, for the dogs who are extremely sensitive and let's say you've got your plastic two litre bottles that mm -hmm. you've got for recycling. Um, if we put start off putting something in them, i.e. sand or water to weigh them down so they're not as going to fall over as quickly. So yeah. would that be something that you could start doing so that just having the bottles standing up or... Yeah, that could be a great idea so that you've got just the novelty of the bottle that you're working with initially. Yeah. Um, I mean, something you can do when you're using bottles and things and you're looking at noise, which I quite like doing, is putting in a little bit of um, dry rice or pasta. And then when they move or they fall over, they move differently. So they've got, because they're weighted differently. And they make a little noise. And they make well. a different noise, exactly. It's like a win-win. Oh, so you could put a couple of pebbles in when they start getting confident, right? Though, so that yeah. they, so you're not shaking the the bottle with the pebbles, exactly. but they are creating the noise. Yeah, exactly. So okay. yeah. Okay. 
Um, the only other one that I think um, would be good for noises in general is the one that I, I talk about at Happy Henry's in, with regards to we're going to acknowledge that noise and pair something potentially scary with something good. Um, and it, I will often use easy. Um, some people use nice, but you can use whatever word you want. But every time some a noise happens or anything happens, for example, I turn the dryer on and I go, nice. And then I follow up with a really tasty reward. And this is something that you can then also take, or if the trimmers, I turn the clippers on, getting the dog used to the clippers at a distance, turn them on, nice, no big deal, follow up with a reward. And and I, you can use that at home as well. So if you hear a noise, i.e. a gunshot um, or a firework, but until the fireworks come, practice it with a variety of things that something happens, you acknowledge it, you can use any word you want. You can use smelly socks if you want, I don't know. Um, <laughs> and then follow it with a reward. And gradually, if you do it enough, the dog will start associating something potentially that they could perceive to be a bit scary is actually gonna have a good outcome. So, and by, again, preparing for the situation rather than waiting until fireworks happen, you could do the same. Um, did I miss anything there, Julia? Does that make sense? I think one of the, the only thing that I would add to it really is I think that it's a great idea to acknowledge and mark noises that your dog really couldn't care less about. Mm -hmm. Because that gives them that connection, doesn't it? That when you say the word, so I might use calm. Is one of my calm. Ooh, that's a good and one. I'm, yes. Know, it's nice, isn't it? Calm. When I say calm, it means actually it's okay. There's yes. nothing to worry about. So when you've said it, when there was something potentially scary. Do it for I good know and that bad. Means there's nothing to worry about. Yes. So, yeah. Good, bad, indifferent. Yeah. When you turn on that music that you don't think your dog can hear because they're not reacting, you could do it then as well. Yeah. Because and they really will no useful, doubt have heard it. Yeah. A really useful thing to try is to make a little list of noises that are distractions for your dog and then rate each of them from zero to ten. So you might have fireworks at ten. You want to have some zeros, so those are the things that really your dog couldn't care less about. And you want to have some quite low ones. And then you're going to start off noticing the zeros to fours before you really start, you know, working on the fives to tens. If you can get those zeros to fours, like, absolutely bob on and that your dog, when they hear them, will look at you, then you're like, yes, I can do yeah, this. Yeah, and that, and that could be tens. anything... Um for even like re when really good things because i guess the thing that that with you bringing that up the the problem is if you're only acknowledging the potentially scary things you could in fact then make it so that when you use that word that on for something your dog will automatically start thinking something really bad is about to go down so Absolutely by doing it with the, the good things as well, 
Um, I don't know, the ice cream van turning up. <laughs> yeah, calm. <laughs> yeah. I'll be fun. putting my disco pants on. But Yeah, me too. That's the trouble. Yeah. Um, okay, so those four. Now you mentioned taiko drums on the night. So we can do these sorts of things in advance. We can start them yep. right now. Yep. Building up their confidence and um having a fun time while we're doing it exactly and i think you know being aware that it's not just about the noises with fireworks the flashes as well can be pretty stressful so doing things like having your taiko drums when your curtains are closed because um, your dog will know so you want to kind of you know why are you closing we, the curtains we yeah don't normally, exactly this makes she's this normally makes, dancing this, around naked with the windows open Exactly. So if you play the taiko drums and you've got the curtains open and then when there's actually fireworks, you've closed the curtains, you've made a different trigger picture. So their response could be completely different. So that's why I think you need to try and recreate as best you can exactly what it's going to be like. Get out the toffee apples as well or something. Absolutely. And treats for your dogs too. Ah. That's a really cool one to do, isn't it? Talking of treats. Yeah. It's with it coincides that with fireworks is Halloween has just passed or it's coming our way. Um we should perhaps just remind or touch on the subject of uh treats for humans aren't necessarily good for dogs. No, absolutely not, especially chocolate and sweeties and all those things. Bad news. Tell you one thing that is quite good is a bit of pumpkin. Oh, yes. So a bit of pumpkin, quite nice for your dogs, especially if they've got, you know, um, it's quite nice sort of um, gentle on the tummy thing. If they've got a bit of an upset, putting a little bit of softened pureed pumpkin um, in their food can be quite helpful. But definitely we've got to be so careful with the chocolate and that and um, and that kind of thing, especially things with put that in. bowl to one side or out of reach of the dog when you're putting Absolutely. it out for the children. Absolutely, and think about on Halloween. What's your strategy? If you've got a dog that's really reactive to people knocking on the door, maybe you're going to want to have a self-service bar for your treats outside. Um, or, you know, think about have you got a, a safety zone? So you've got two barriers. Like in my house, for example, I will go out of the dining room, shut the door behind me so that the dogs are on the other side of the door before I go and open the front door, just to make sure we're absolutely super safe. And we're keeping our dogs safe and we're keeping any potential visitors safe as well. Um, there's another thing that I thought of, Julia, that would be great mm -hmm. is that... What if um, we could put, you know how humans like calming scents to Absolutely. keep them calm? Can we do the same for dogs? And do we need to be mindful about what we're using? Absolutely, yes. And we can do that for dogs. So there are some great things like your valerian, your lavender, chamomile. They're all nice and calming for dogs as well as they are for us. But you do have to be a little bit careful with some essential oils. So, for example, tea tree um, is is really bad for dogs so don't use that um but you can get um you can actually go and buy things like things like pet remedy and that kind of thing which use scent um to help calm our dogs and they can work out 
really really nicely but yeah do make make sure things are are pet friendly rather than just using scented candles and wax melts and things that are designed for humans because they might not be appropriate excellent oh classic fm apparently yes so they do i know they did one last year and possibly the year before but they do uh um, classical music is another one that can be used to mask the sounds and they do one on fire on bonfire night yeah so you could start playing classical music right now but for all these i'm going to put them in the show notes all of the suggestions on things you can do and also information on these games and see if obviously if anyone has any questions they can reach out to either myself or julia julia talking of which if someone wants to know more about all to play for dog training where can they go and find out details you can either pop onto my website, which is www.alltoplay4.co.uk. All to play for is just as it sounds. There's no numbers in there or anything. Um, no spaces or anything like that. Or you can look on Facebook for all to play for dog training or Instagram for all to play for dog training. And do, yeah, feel free to reach out. And all the games that we spoke about earlier you can actively do those on the night as well. So if the dog is starting to look a little stressed, in your opinion, you can get them moving. Get them moving and get them engaged in something. If they choose to take themselves away, then that's great if they want to be quiet and then their safe space. However, if they are looking nervous, but they're either pacing or panting, get them moving. Get some of those games. Knock them over. Noise box, all of that. That would be my yeah. go-to. Totally agree. Okay. I love a cardboard chaos for a stress dog. Yes. Okay, then. I think that's it. So, Julio, I glossed over it very quickly at the beginning, mentioning that you may be doing something um, a little exciting in the new year. Yes. And if people... Do you want to share anything on that? Well, I'm not going to share loads because we haven't launched it officially yet, but I'll certainly give you a little sneak peek. So what it's going to be is it's for owners of reactive dogs and it's going to be completely free. It's, it's huge. We're bringing together people like experts, industry experts from all over the world to speak for free to people with reactive dogs to help them on their journey. And we're looking at it from loads and loads of different angles. So grooming, so Vic's going to be involved, Mm -hmm. Um, but we're looking at it from the behavior angle, things like nutrition. We're going to be looking at street dogs. We're going to be looking at everything. So It's looking at it from loads of different angles and getting some really practical advice and tips for owners um, so that they can work with their reactive dogs and the owners and dogs can um, have a really happy future together. And I can add that um, there is genuinely some top, top experts who are going to be, who have already signed up for this summit 
and it will be available to listen and watch for free. Yeah. So just bob onto my Facebook page. If you like my Facebook page, all the details will be coming out there before you know it. Okay. And in the meantime, Julia and I are going to be working on a workshop to do some exciting, fun things for anyone who would like that. Okay, so that is our quick down and dirty on fireworks, things you can do now to help your dog in preparation. Now, finally, um, I don't know if I asked you this question last time you were on. Um, We wanted this one to be a quickie. Um, So we're going to wrap this up quickly. Um, But um, if you were a dog, what breed of dog would you be and why there's a very interesting question i think i'd probably be a whippet not in terms of because they're beautiful and slim and fast because that isn't me at all but those kind of little spurts of energy and enthusiasm interspersed with the ability to chill like no other, um, which is what I am. And I just love their little characters. They're really quirky little dogs. And I think that I'm quite a quirky person, really. No comment. (laughs) I can neither confirm nor deny, Your (laughs) Honour. It's a nice way of putting it anyway. Although I do know that you like to get underneath your blanket with you. yeah. Yeah. And relax. Love my slanket. Um, many thanks, Julia, for doing this Legend for me. Always. We will do another one shortly. Um, thank you for everyone who's listening and joining us for this episode of the Happy Henry's Woof You podcast, which is hosted and produced by me. You can find Woof You podcast on Apple Podcasts and the Happy Henry's website, happy-henrys.co.uk, where you can stream and download episodes as many times as you like. It's also currently available on Google Play, but a Apparently, that's disappearing in the near future, and I'm not sure what will happen after that. Um, Please do subscribe, review and rate until your fingers and paws fall off. The only way that I'm and my guests are going to improve what we do for you is to get your feedback. If you have any questions or suggestions for future topics or discussions or people I can meet from anywhere, reach me through the website or at our Facebook or Instagram pages at Happy Henry's Dogwash. Thanks again and I'll be back in a few weeks with... Who knows? Who knows?